Ten days after Christ ascended into heaven, 50 days after his resurrection from the grave, the Father and Son poured out the Holy Spirit upon the apostles and the Blessed Virgin Mary, gathered together at prayer in the cenacle, the upper room, at the first Pentecost. It's hard to overstate the importance of this feast we celebrate today, Pentecost. Frankly, Pentecost ought to be up there in our minds with Christmas and Easter, for the Holy Spirit is the very soul of the church. The Holy Spirit guides us in all truth and ensures that God's revelation in sacred tradition and sacred scripture is faithfully preserved and handed on in every generation. The Holy Spirit enlivens believers to recognize the truth, for as we heard in our second reading, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit consoles us in all the tribulations of life, sanctifies us, and helps us to grow in holiness. And the Holy Spirit guides and protects the church, defending her against all her enemies so that the gates of hell can never prevail against her, as our Lord promised. It's this final point that I want to zero in on today, that the Holy Spirit guides and protects the church, at least at first. In his classic work, The Everlasting Man, the British Catholic writer, G.K. Chesterton describes what he calls the five deaths of the faith. These are five moments in history when the Roman Catholic Church seemed doomed to either perish entirely or else fade away to the fringes of society. In all five of these instances, the church to all appearances seemed to have been hollowed out from within by doubt and indifference. Yet she rose again with new vigor, for in every such case the sons were fanatical for the faith, or the fathers had been slack about it. In each of these cases, an age of crisis was swiftly followed by an era of renewal in which forces threatening the faith either receded or were discredited and the church itself revived. Time and again, Chesterton wrote, the faith has to all appearances gone to the dogs, but each time it was the dog that died. When Ches- what Chesterton is describing is, is not merely an impressive and improbable string of comebacks by the church. The continuity of the church for 2,000 years is itself miraculous. Think about it. The church not only grew rapidly despite persecutions from without, persecutions which, frankly, um, should have stamped it out, persecutions which really haven't ended. I mean, they've been with the church in one form or another, in one place or another, since the first Pentecost. Not only did the church continue to exist in spite of the persecutions from without, but also because of scandal and incompetence from within, which we are sadly too familiar with in our own day. There's another thing to consider here. Not only has the church as an institution survived and seemingly come back from the dead, but the content and substance of the Catholic faith is the same. Sure, doctrines developed, uh, but the but the substance and content of the faith doesn't change. Jesus Christ yesterday, today, and forever. Let me explain why this is so significant by way of contrast. You know, the natural tendency of human institutions is to fragment and divide, right? You get a big group of people together, and there's going to be disagreement. And we have seen it for 500 years with our Protestant brothers and sisters, right? What began with Martin Luther and what became known as Lutheranism. Uh, today, there are roughly 20,000 different communities and sects, uh, churches and sects of Protestant Christianity. By contrast, what is miraculous is rather the, the unity of the Catholic faith and the Catholic Church in communion with the Roman pontiff, the Bishop of Rome, through 20 centuries. 
in spite of great crises and historical upheavals, and not just the institution surviving, but also the church always preserving this ancient faith. The only way the church can not only survive, but seemingly come back from the dead, the only way the church can preserve continuity and unity of doctrine is because the church isn't a human institution. It isn't an organization built by human hands. No, the church has a truly divine origin. And on top of that, she has been and is today guided and protected by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the soul of the church, just as our souls are the principles of life in our bodies. So the Holy Spirit is the principle of life in the church, the mystical body of Christ. When the body of Christ is seemingly on its deathbed, the Spirit of the Lord renews the church. There is a fancy word for, for what I'm talking about here, indefectibility. The church is indefectible, meaning that she will never cease to profess the truth that was handed on to the apostles. She will never desert Christ and his truth. And the church will never be lacking in what she needs to fulfill her mission. The church is indefectible, though, not because her members are holy, but because Jesus promised to send the Holy Spirit, the advocate, to be with his church until he comes again. The church is holy because her soul is the Holy Spirit. The same dynamic that we see in the church, right? It, in an analogous way, we also see this in individuals, right? You know, like, like I always think of Peter. Um, so Peter meant well at the Last Supper. He said he would follow Christ to the death, and then he denies Jesus three times. And, and you know, we really kind of lose the gravity of it in our popular English translation. He says the equivalent of, I swear to God, I never knew Christ, okay? He gravely betrayed our Lord. Well, according to the logic of the world, that means Peter's failure, um, he's lost his chance, okay? He's done. Uh, there's no coming back from that. Peter's denial is something a man can't come back from. Yet, uh, 50 days later, Peter is transformed from coward to courageous apostle and evangelist. Peter is transformed from a wannabe saint to a saint by the end of his life. And that same trans- transformation can and should happen to us. Now, now Peter's was very instantaneous and dramatic. The Holy Spirit doesn't typically operate in, in dramatic and quick ways. Um, he did in, with the apostles, I suppose, out of somewhat necessity, but typically the Holy Spirit works gradually, incrementally, quietly. Nonetheless, Peter's return from his grave sin, it teaches us a valuable lesson. For one of the great obstacles to growing in holiness is discouragement. Last week, we talked about the ascension uh, and how it reminds us that our life is a pilgrimage to heaven, meaning we're created to be saints. Yet, like Peter, we often mean well only to fail spectacularly at being faithful to Christ. We know our failures, we know our sins, we know our weaknesses. We might look at the saints and think, I'm never going to be like them. Yet the saints, by and large, they're not men and women who never struggled with serious sin. They are men and women who persevered in repenting and turning to God. And, and in time, they grew to where they could give God their, their whole heart and soul. It was this perseverance that enabled the Holy Spirit to complete the good work he had begun in them. It was not giving up when all seemed lost that enabled the Holy Spirit to transform them step by step into the saints God created them to be. In other words, they trusted and they persevered in that trust. And we need to as well. At least five times, the church has appeared to die only to rise again. Rise despite the persecutions from without and the failures of her members, especially her clergy, from within. 
The saints, too, show us that the same dynamic is at work in individual souls. That the Holy Spirit renews the face of the earth, renews the church, and renews those souls that are docile to him. The saints show us that despite our failings, God is not done with us. And he sends the Holy Spirit to help us finish this pilgrimage to our true homeland of heaven. So let us persevere in putting our trust in him. Let us pray for the grace to persevere along the way, allowing the Holy Spirit to transform us into the saints God created us to be.